In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, it's going to be an open discussion about rules of engagement. I usually like to structure these things out, but we need to talk about it. We will be right back. Another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the Q, in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Jeannie, give a salutation to the world. Hello. What is up, world? And welcome back, and thank you for being here. As we get started, make sure you know the email address if you need to get in touch with us. Quincy at MVSMPodcast.com. That is Q-U-I-N-C-Y. So if you've misspelled that, now you know why you haven't gotten a response. But now you know. Quincy at MVSMpodcast.com. That is MVSM like man versus marriage. Now, you can also go and check out QuincyMoran.com where we will, when I get better at what I do, send out notifications about what is coming. We are defining that now. We are taking our time. But we're getting ready for what the next evolution of this deal is all about. October makes five, makes five years this year, I hate to date the podcast, but October makes five years, at which point I am set to uh, renegotiate my contract with myself to see what this looks like moving forward. I deeply want to do something live. I deeply want to get video incorporated. And I deeply want to uh, expand on my eight-page book. And You really uh, need to uh, talk to the guy who produces everything and you know see about getting yourself a raise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a great boss. He's a great boss. Best boss I ever had. But we definitely need to talk. A little self-reflection there. With that being said, um, I don't know. I'm slightly proud of the podcast not having sponsors because that means I can talk about what I want. True. I'm not controlled by the dollars. Um, and this is a passion uh, pay-it-forward project anyway. Someday maybe so, but that might come when uh, Jeannie and I come to your city, your town, and we talk about marriage, and you get to see us interact for real, live, in your own place. I can see it now. The banners have the E for explicit. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> that uh, that may limit us to being able to do things in churches, but uh, we'll get it all set. With that being said, I've wasted too much of your time already. We're going to talk about rules of engagement, and that's a, uh, a podcast episode I came up with probably four years ago. Uh, or a concept, I should say, revolving around marriage, because typically that's used as a military term. But no, we're not using that so you can conquer one another. We're using it for something else. But it being an open discussion, um, I want to ask Jeannie what her thoughts are on what rules of engagement mean. What, it, what does that mean to you when you talk about rules of engagement with your understanding? Mm, for you and I, it's what things are allowed in a heated conversation or a deep, like, hard talk. Okay. So expand on that a little bit for me. Um, What, you want the rules? I don't know. I, just give me... For us, it's um, allowing the other person to talk, not interrupting, um, taking your emotions out of the conversation... So that you are actually listening and not being feeling like you're on the attack. Um, 
it's being a soft place to land. So when things are difficult, you know, the other person doesn't feel like you're going to use it as ammunition. It allows the other person to speak freely. Um, let's see what else. Think, Jeannie. Um, don't fight to be right. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Ask questions. If you have to say it ugly, preface it with, I got to say this ugly. Let me clean it up if you don't understand. Um, I think not taking things personally is the hardest one, but one of the most important because you have to be able to allow the other person to speak. And it might just be, happens to us a lot. I'm pissed off about something and it might not necessarily be you that I'm mad at. Mm -hmm. It's me trying to process out what was said. Maybe you said something, but it's not what you said that got me. It's a memory that's attached to what you said that I'm trying to process through. Um, Oh, did I miss any? I was trying to get the iPad open to write. So <laughs> go start with uh, just off the top of your head. Start again. No. Yes, you're I need to, you. You're going to waste time on this. This is not wasting time. Whoever's listening to this probably in the gym or driving, they don't they don't have their stuff here. They need you to go over it again, just like I do. Boy. Soft place to land. Okay. Don't fight to be right. Okay. Um listen without being um emotional so it's listen authentically what i like to say Um, and and listening authentically is not it that's more of a don't take it personal type deal what you just said listening authentically is is listening so that you can hear what what your uh spouse is saying instead of coming up with a with a reason excuse an answer or justification yeah you're not coming up with your answer in your head on on like your rebuttal but you're also uh no phones no distractions. No phones. Freaking phone. Um, Obviously, I got some issues about a phone. Let's see. Take. No, I missed it. You made me mess up. Yep. Blame me. I like it. Uh, if you have to say it ugly, preface it with say it ugly, clean it up. Say it ugly. Yep. Um, I don't know. I think I missed one, but I can't think of what it is now because you made me repeat it. And they were off the top of my head. They're not written down. Yeah. But this is kind of, this is obviously what your approach is. This is what. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. When you, um, when you, when it comes to rules of engagement. Now, you specified this around just hard talks. I actually look at rules of engagement um, for our entire discussion. I think rules of engagement, there, it has to do with, uh, you know, going to the clouds Oh, we, see, I wasn't thinking of that way. You, so when we say rules of engagement, when we did it with Rita, rules mm-hmm. of engagement, the reason we called it rules of engagement is because it was for hard talks and the moments that you feel like you're going to war with each other. That's yeah. what it was It was originally yeah, absolutely. for because it's going to be one of those talks where normally, did we not have these, we would be you know, going for the jugular with each other. True, but as I have talked to this group and to you, we evolve over time. And if you have success in areas, then you take these and you can apply them to other facets of your life. We had issues with me going to the clouds. We had to create rules of engagement for that. That's what Coach Rita taught us. True. So it's like, Jeannie, you're not going to die. Um, he's not going to go off and do everything, even though I had a track record of going off and doing the things I talked about, um, which in the right in the right aspect can be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same token, there are rules of engagement around going to the clouds now. And you've broken those rules of engagement, and so have I. 
How is that? Because we're just going to go to the clouds and go look at a house. Well, you bought that house in your brain. And it caused conflict with us um, because of disappointment. So we had to, I don't know if you recall this, but we had to go through that conversation and say, we were going to the clouds. We were both supposed to come back down together. You did not engage your parachute. You kept your jetpack on while I floated to the ground. I didn't know that. I couldn't see it. It's a metaphor. Sex. There are rules of engagement for sex. It's a show that we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing coming here soon. No pun intended. Um, and it's called "Who Decides When We Have Sex." And I'm not going to prepare for the show. I don't want you to prepare for it. I want us to have an open discussion from your perspective or mine. Who decides when we have sex? Because I think it's a very interesting topic. But there are rules for engagement. There. It's not all negative. Is the point I'm trying to make? Because if you want to set aside time to dream, there are rules of engagement. If you want to if you want to plan your day, your week, and your month, you need to have a calendar talk. You have rules for and, and a lot of times we, especially as Americans, we look at rules and they piss us off. <laughs> you know, we have a constitution, we have a bill of rights. Otherwise, leave me alone. Stop making freaking rules. I moved to Texas. I didn't think there were going to be HOAs. I'm like, I'm leaving California. To get away from all these stupid rules. I showed up here and there were rules. And I was like, this, this is not what I expected. Okay? But it's there. So when you're creating rules for engagement, what you're really, really doing in a healthy manner is you're, you're kind of building a framework of consistency. You're building a framework of expectation so you guys know how to communicate. You understand how you communicate but those things change and what's difficult right now as I'm learning more about coaching people and deciding if it's something that I'm actually interested in doing or not is building this rule of engagement and how does this go and where do you start and that's that's the reason I wanted to have this talk yeah, uh, a soft place to land. I, I say if if we were if we were to establish where the heck do you start when it comes to rules of engagement? Because I talk when I talk to couples or I talk to um, guys, like I don't coach girls one on one. Not doing it. Um, I coach I coach men, and then I'll coach couples. So I'm not a girl. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to try to coach girls like. I mean, I can I can have a discussion with you like via email or try to help you, but as far as personally coaching you one on one, I'm not there yet, so I'm not going to do it. I guess if I if I take a step back, I've coached some girls before, so I might have a better I might have a better ability to do it than I consider now. Um, so I'll pause on that and say maybe I was wrong to say I won't do it. Because maybe I can be effective in doing it. But for now, I'm coaching some guys and I'm coaching, uh, you know, or doing some counseling for couples. I'll just leave it at that. Kind of got screwed up there. Sorry. So <clears throat> one, of the, one of the most important places for Jeannie and I, because we had so much resentment and conflict in our marriage, the, the foundational principle was learning how to talk to each other and not taking it personal. 
And and for me, looking back, I, I don't know why, for the most part, I can just do that. I can let your words be words and not take it personal. Now, if you have a perception of something I've done that was not my intention, I'm going to want to talk to you about that and say, well, this is how you took it, and I'm sorry for that because that was not my intention. What I intended to do was this, mm-hmm. and it probably it probably just came across the wrong way. <clears throat> And, I, and I'm kind of an odd guy, so that happens more often than I would like it to. And generally, it's happening over text or email or, you know, I don't know what it is. Anyway, so if I'm looking at that, that is one of the paramount places that we begin, which is don't take it personal. Um, so I encourage you. If you have a situation with you and your wife where for some reason you're not connecting or for some reason you're not able to communicate without arguing, there's some built-up frustration between you. And generally, that's why people are here because the title of the show pulls them in when it comes to communication or it comes to sex or it comes to change. Where do I start? You're looking at the marriage and you're going, wow. Things are not as I expected them to be. Where do I start here? Um, and that's okay because I, I don't I don't think marriage works out like you envision it in the first place anyway because mm. it's a one-sided vision and you're not calculating for the other person oftentimes. Or life. Sure, sure. Um, you know, and so that if we take that and we check it off the box, boom, don't take the words personal. Now, honey, how do you do that? How do you, how can you explain to me if you can when you're saying something like it's not my job to tell you how you feel about a situation even if it's not what I intended it to be, but how do you hear something and you not take it personal? Um well, that's what buzzwords are for. Okay. Cuz I if you don't preface it and you say something to me, Case in point, the glasses. I will take it personal. So, um, I don't know. That's one of those things where I, I have to ask questions, I guess, in the moment. When you say something, if, it, if it's something that hits, it's like, hold on, wait a minute. Is this what you're you're saying? Is this where we're going with this? Because I, I just need to know, you know, where we're at in the conversation, if this is something that's directed at me or not. Yeah, and I mean, it very well could, like for, for us, it could be topic-based. Like, we can talk about most things just fine, but then we start to talk about money, and and for some reason, we will go back to our last discussion, or we will go back to where our feelings are on that, and then pick right up where we left off. And I'm as guilty of that as, as anybody in this house. And so... You know, what What I look at is that you don't take it personal, kind of like, in order in order not to do that, it and it goes along with the idea that I'm not going to tell you how you should feel about something. Because the worst thing is, one of the worst things, I won't categorize it as the worst or, or, or rank it as the worst, is when you tell somebody something and it's like, well, that's dumb, you shouldn't feel that way. I mean, that never works. Mm-hmm. It never, it's like when somebody is piping hot mad and you tell them, hey, just calm down. Oh, yeah, that's great advice that I 
couldn't give myself. Of course I'm going to calm they down. They always calm down when you tell them to calm down. Every time. 100% mm. of the time. It never gets worse. <gasps> <laughs> so what you're doing, you know, when you when like you put together your rules of engagement. Now, guys, you, if you go to your wife and say, hey, look, Quincy and Jeannie said we need some rules of engagement. If she doesn't listen to the podcast, she's not going to get it. So you need to explain the heart of what you're doing. What is the heart of what you're doing? You got to figure that out. For us, you know, from my point of view, and I'll have you share yours, I wanted us to be able to communicate more effectively because we were just missing it. And there was a lot of frustration between the both of us. And we would cut, we would come to understand there was a lot of resentment. I was assuming her actions and intentions, she was doing the same for me. And what we intended, what, what we were assuming is not what was intended. It just was not. Mm -hmm. And so when Coach Rita started to talk to us about it, I think it goes hand in hand with not taking it personal is don't tell me how I'm supposed to feel. Mm -hmm. I can tell you with my integrity what my intentions were as long as I'm not changing it to get myself out of a bind. Mm -hmm. um, and then you just acknowledge where it's like, I'm sorry that I'm sorry that's the way it made you feel. Like authentically, I wouldn't want you to feel that way. It was not my intention. I know what you're saying is about me, but I'm not going to take it personally because it is how you feel about it. And then you got to figure out once you know how your spouse feels, what actions can you take in the future so this is not reoccurring? Well, so, you know... Anything anything need to be said there or anything you want to bring in? Because um, I think men sometimes can tend to be Mr. Fix-It and, and kind of tell you how you should feel or why you shouldn't feel that way. And I think that can get in the way of, of communication. Well, that for us usually comes with a question. You, you generally ask before you jump in to fix something, are you venting? Do you just need me to listen? Are you wanting my advice? Where, where do you need me in this conversation? And that will tell me what you need from me. So, um, you know, it, but it's learned. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I just need to let all the air out of the balloon. I, I, it's been a rough day. Autism has been on my butt. Kids are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. I'm frustrated. I, you know, missed a deadline, things like that. And I just need to let it all go. But if you don't know that, yeah. And I start letting it all go. You're going to try and call the kids and tell them, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. And you're going to start putting people in order because that's you have my back. That's what you do. But if that's not what I need and you don't know that because you didn't ask, then we're going to have a bunch of butthurt little kids running around the house who are not happy because dad's fussing at them because mom tattled. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that um, the the thing is, is that I'm. I've tried to do less of that because I don't, I want to get a better understanding. Like I've been accused lately by a friend. I was accused of being too easy on his, on his wife. When we were talking about some things. I was, be, I, I, I was being softer to her and I wasn't willing to tell her how it should be. Well, what you think, how you think it should be is not necessarily the way that it should be. Okay, buddy? So understand that. And the next thing is, is that if you think from, you know, 
1,000, 2,000 miles away, talking on the phone individually and together a couple times about a situation. If you think I have the whole picture, you're wrong. Well, not only that, but if, okay, look, if you're asking somebody to help with your marriage or if you're asking somebody to step in and, you know, coach or what have you, you do not get to decide what coach's opinion, coach's method, or coach's questions are. I didn't get to tell Rita would look me straight in my face and be like, well, if that's how you feel about things, I mean, there's a door. I didn't get to tell her. She would tell me straight up, if you're going to waste my time and you're not going to do the homework, or if you are not going to take the advice, why are you here? Right. If you're not willing to put forth the work, then don't waste my time. And it wasn't that she didn't want to help. It was just simply her time's valuable. Everybody's is. Mm-hmm. But you don't get to tell somebody how to coach up your spouse. That That's not what coaching is for. The whole purpose of going to the coach is because clearly you two don't communicate well. There's an issue. You need a third party to help with that. And I don't think there's any harm in that. But the fact is, is that without us, like if we've had discussions and then you just walk away from it, um, or she walks away from it, or there's issues and I'm asking, I need to know both sides. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to take your side because you're a guy and go tell your wife what she needs to do because you think that's the way it needs to be. That's not how I run my life. That's not how I, I run my marriage. And then you can say what, you know, you can say, you know, whatever you want about my marriage. But the truth is, is that let's, let's eat the fruit from the tree and see where it's at. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too soft. You guys are both adults. Am I here? Do I need to scorn somebody or is this junior high? No, but you need to have, it's imperative that you get some rules of engagement. So you guys avoid, you know, these hyperbolic episodes where tensions just get so high and crazy and things change. And I mean, go ahead. What do you want to say? This particular Jack and Jill though, he has a set of rules. He's just not accountable to them. They're only for her. So there's a little bit of difference there. If y'all are making rules of engagement, they apply to both parties they need to be equal on both sides of the fence. You can't just say, well, you're allowed to do this. I don't have to do that. That That's not how this works, not in a communication situation. You have to be able to say what needs to be said. But at the same time, if you can't say something without having a smart-ass tilt to your voice or, you know, yeah, I guess if that's how you feel about it, that, dude, yeah, for, not... for me, that right there gets you either an eye roll, a slap, or a middle finger. Those don't, those don't work well. You're not communicating. You're shutting down. You're in protective mode because you don't want to hear the truth about what's going on. It sucks when somebody says, when you say this, you hurt me. It sucks. It's not the easiest thing to hear. It is really hard to say, well, I'm not trying to hurt you, but... As soon as you said, but <laughs> out well, the window, there's a difference between I'm not trying to, and this was not my intention. This is what I intended. This is what, 
it's verbiage. It's how you say it. It's how you present it. It's tone. I mean, there are so many things that play into a conversation that we don't really think about until after the fact. Because you may not have meant to be a smart ass about it, but to me it came off because of your tone of voice as you were making fun or playing a joke. And if your spouse is one of those people that when she's pissed, don't play, sarcasm's not going to help you out. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it, it adds fuel to the fire, and then you're screwed because you're trying to be playful and lighten the mood, and you're not lightening the mood. You're just adding to the flame that's already burning. You've got to diffuse the situation first. And then once things calm down, you can take a swing at being funny. I'm, Quincy will tell you it is a hit and miss. So I know swing and a miss hit and a miss. We're not having that conversation again. But for me, if depending on what I'm mad about, if it's a, if it's a deep hurt, joking ain't going to work. Making me laugh is not going to work. But if it's just a, a surface BS argument going on over, you know, chores or the kid's not doing something or something was said that was snappy and it got taken wrong, usually he can come in and be a smart ass and it, I'll crack a smile and it will go away. It, you have to be able to read your room. You have to know your partner well enough to know this is not the moment for that. We, we are constantly telling our kids timing is everything. Timing is everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's in that, you know, I don't want this discussion to like overcomplicate what the rules of engagements are. These are these are agreements that you guys make. You can make when things are tough, when you've had a hard like a hard situation or there's a hard situation going on. These are things that you fall back on and you need you need these in your life. And I, I, I rarely try to say that, like saying you need to do, but you need these in your life. You both need to agree to them. So that when it happens, not if, but when it happens, when there's a misunderstanding, you have a baseline from where you say, okay, I know these things about my spouse. This is something we've agreed to. So I'm, I'm going to abide by these mm-hmm. rules of engagement because you're both, like you're both individual adults. And yes, we believe in two becoming one, but you're still, like she's still genie. I'm still Quincy. We are married, but we still we're not like commanding and controlling each other's thoughts. You still have your own thoughts, your wants, your needs and your feelings. So, how do we blend those things together? So, when you look at not taking it personal, that's just a place where Jeannie and I needed to land. You can look at some of these other things that we've given you, a soft place to land. Well, what does that mean? That means that you have an outlet where you can say what needs to be said. You can be vulnerable. You can vent. You can pour your heart out, and it's not going to be held against you. You're going to fall down when you do this, but it's not going to be held. It's not going to hurt. It's not, it's not a place where you're going to be persecuted for it. And you, can't, you have to agree not to take what's said and turn it around and use it as ammo later. Yep. That is... That is um, that is incredibly important to me. Those things that you talk about when you're being absolutely vulnerable, those are sacred and in sacred things. You do not take advantage of sacred things. Think of it this way. This is one that Quincy and I learned a few years back. Had we not established a soft place to land and being able to be vulnerable with each other, we could not have open communication about sex. Mm -hmm. We could not, say, I, I, 
I want to try something or I'm really uncomfortable with this, but I don't want to hurt your feelings and tell you I don't want to do something that I know you enjoy. If you don't have that soft place, those things get kept inside because you're afraid of the backlash. You're afraid the other person's going to get mad at you for saying I don't want to, or you're afraid to say what you need because you don't want them to look at you like you're, you know, taboo or whatever. It, it just opens a much larger scale of communication beyond just we're pissed about something and we need to talk about it. It opens a lot of things. You know, it, it's funny because we went to that um, conference and Quincy and I started talking. It's like, we haven't dreamed in a really long time. Like we haven't gone beyond just surviving, getting bills paid, making sure everybody's taken care of food on their back, clothing, house, you know, the whole thing. And I got that backwards. Don't ask me. But anyway, <laughs> Quincy's like, hmm, food on your back. I saw those eyes. Anyway, it's one of those things where we finally stopped and said, okay, well, where do we want to go? What do we want? And I think for a little while, for a few days at least, both of us were kind of hesitant on saying anything out loud because we didn't really know if we were going to be on the same page. Yeah. And that's a really hard place to be in a marriage when you think, you know what, I have something inside me that I, I really think I want to do. I just don't know that you're going to be okay with it. Yeah. It, uh, it, but if you don't have that soft place where you can say, hey, I want to talk to you about this and I, I don't know how this is going to go over. I, I don't want you to freak out. I just, I just want to kind of vent about it and see what you think. If you don't have that, you're never going to really, really intimately know your partner. You guys are going to be holding things back. Yeah. And, and something that's complimentary that I developed a, a couple of years ago with a soft place to land, something that goes hand in hand with that is say it ugly and then clean it up. And that's just a, it's like a technique that you use when you have something to say, but you're, so, you're very uncomfortable saying it, or maybe you're really upset and you need to say it when it's like, you can tell that your partner is struggling. It's like, look, say it ugly. We'll clean it up. This is a soft place for you to land. So as long as you're not like intentionally disrespecting your spouse, um, like just intentionally being an a-hole, then you, you kind of have that mutual respect with each other. And it's like, look, there was a conversation that Jeannie and I had. Uh, it was about sex. And I was very insecure about a couple of things. Like extremely insecure. And I, I was hiding behind that. Because I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to say it. And it's like, man, I'm, you know, in the South, we have this, I gotta, I'm gonna say this, but it's ugly. And I was so I uncomfortable. Ugly, yeah, I was so uncomfortable. It's like, look, honey, I need to, I need to say this ugly and I'll do my best to clean it up. And just being able to say that and get it off my chest was a big deal. And being vulnerable to her was a big deal for her that I would be vulnerable. And she's not. She has and I have agreed that those vulnerable places we will not use against each other in future conversations. We're not going to use that to manipulate one another. And so... That's why, you know, you take, don't, don't take it personal. Now, how does this all work? Well, you have to take and you have to, you have to couple these things together 
with what we talked about earlier, which is listening authentically. And I got to tell you, uh, in some of my relationships that I had a lot of frustration with, um, when the other person's talking, I'll, I'll start picking, I'll pick parts of the conversation. And I'll, now I'm thinking about what you're saying because I need a rebuttal. I need to attack you back. <laughs> I need ammunition to attack you back because you start to play the what about game. And it wasn't until I got the idea that I'm just going to sit here and listen. I developed this technique I call, I sound like a professor or a psychologist. I'm not, but I use these techniques. It's like, I'm going to let you get all the air out of your balloon. I'm going to listen to everything you have to say. Just pour it out. No matter how ugly it is, pour it out. I'm going to listen to it all. And I'll tell you, Listening authentically to people makes people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It makes people uncomfortable because typically we're used to people like cutting us off. And I, and I would do this at work and I would just sit there and listen to somebody. And a guy told me more than once, more than one person. You're just sitting there listening. I feel uncomfortable. I'm like, well, do you want me to cut you off? Or do you want to say what you need to say? Because I want to listen to what you have to say. All of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't, I don't, and I'm not like overplaying it here. It's like, they're saying this, this makes me uncomfortable. Well, I'm sorry it makes you uncomfortable, but I'm going to give you the chance to say what needs to be said. So it's really, it's really important that, you know, you take that and you apply listening authentically so what order should these go in? I don't know. I just know that this is where we agreed. So I'm going to, let's, let's say if we did take listening authentically and put it number one. Okay, that makes sense because whatever you say, I want to listen to it. Let's say that we take that and then we go, okay, now look, this is a soft place for you to land. I bet it's uncomfortable. I bet you probably don't know how to say what it is you're going to say. So say it ugly and we will clean it up. Because if you're going to say it ugly and I'm going to ask you, okay, well, this is what I heard you say. Is this what you mean? And it's like, no, I didn't mean that. Okay, give it another shot. And say what needs to be said. And whatever you say, I'm not going to take it personal because it's how you feel. It's not my job to tell you how you feel. I want to know how you feel. And that way, ultimately, that helps us get you like demystify some of these things where we're assuming what our spouse means when they say this or that, or they take this action or they don't take an action because the more you do that, the more you start to understand your spouse, it's the, that's, you start to build more trust in that person. And when you communicate and when you say something, you won't always have to use these rules of engagement. It's not, it's so less complicated than I'm probably making it sound. Um, because I don't want one of you guys to be sitting there with your wife and she says something. You're like, oh, that's not on the rules of engagement. You can't use it. You can't. Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. don't do that. That's not where I'm at. And maybe you're a whole lot smarter than I am. It's likely you are. And you wouldn't do that. Now, the other part of this is when you have these situations going on and if it is a hard talk, you need to put your phone down. Now, if you are working or say you're on call for work or something like that you need to plan better some of these things some of these things just come up like you've got to the point where you've had enough and you start lashing out it's like okay something is not right mm -hmm. something's not right here okay so then your spouse vents 
and then you say, okay, here's what you need. You walk away, give both of you a chance to come back down to earth. Like let the heartburn subside. And then you can come back and talk about it. And you know, Jeannie and I have an example. She could probably give you a thousand for me, but I know one night, you know, we had, we had company coming and she was very uncomfortable and she was asking me a question and I was kind of, I like to give you options. Uh, cause I, I just, whoever you are, it's like, Ooh, well we could do this. We could do this. Um, cause I'm always looking for kind of like the best thing. And it's like, well, here's what we could do. And she's like, Hey, I don't need an explanation. I just need you to, to tell me what it is you need. And I'm like, my first response at first was going to be, what the F did you just say to me? Like, that's my ego talking there, you know? Obviously. Cause you don't say the F word. No. What the freak? <laughs> and instead it was like, you know what? She's not acting like herself. So I'm going to, I'm going to give her the moment. I'm just going to give her the moment. I'm going to give her what she needs. I'm going to walk away. And usually after you do something like that, I know after I do something like that, buyer's remorse, it sets in. Most of the time it sets in pretty quick. So I just let it go, let it walk away. I think one of the girls went in and, uh, or a couple of the girls went in and, and Jeannie was crying um, for whatever reason. And it's like, Dad, you need to go, you need to go tend to your wife. She's crying. I said, I will not be in there right now. <clears throat> Mom is good, you know. She's got something to deal with or to work with. I'm going to, I'll be back at it later. So then we were able to come back later. That was her say it ugly moment. And then it was like, clean it up. I didn't allow my ego to get in the way. See, the majority of the time, like nature speaking, men are, are just logical creatures. And usually not always that deep, you know, and I'm not saying an intelligence thing, but we tend to think more logically where women are emotional. That's why there's a beauty in putting those two things together. Because if you're too logical, you cut people. Like you cut them, you burn them. But if you're too emotional, you could do the same thing. So that's where those two things complement one another. And so, you know, there might be times where you can't, all the rules can't apply at once because it's timing is just not there. But if you set side, tie, side um, if you set time aside to talk about it, then you can kind of, especially in the beginning, you can kind of like, okay, the rules of engagement are this. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I abide by these. Like it's truly like a peace talk. And that, that happens when you guys are just full of resentment with each other. I, I remember us sitting down at the spawn house and just having to sit on the couch and starting to have these conversations and things just kind of coming up, coming out. And you, I don't know, you, you kind of might feel dirty. I don't, not dirty, but, there is a sense of relief that comes along with knowing that you can tell your spouse what's going on and you can trust they're not going to use it against you and you can trust that they have the best intentions and you do as well to work through it so that you can move forward and not act and do the same thing. Especially if, you know, especially if it comes to the time where it's like, well, shoot, I was agreeing with you or I was giving you this or I said this because of this and my intentions were here and you took that the wrong way and now you feel a certain way. It's tough. It's really hard. And the fact is, is that the more you do this or as you develop it, it's not such a mechanical situation because you'll make these assessments in the moment, but you need a baseline with each other 
so that you're communicating from a from a place of trust and respect with each other. You trust, you respect the fact that they're telling the truth, and you trust them that they have your best intentions at heart. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Anyway, the last thing I was going to say, you take the time, put your phones away. If you're on call, you might not be able to do it, but put your phones away and concentrate on each other. These are some very key principles for rules of engagement that you can develop with your spouse, and I encourage you to do it. I believe it will help you. If you have questions, reach out. Let us know what we can do to help you with this. If you want to have a a conversation at some point, we might be able to work that out so that you yourself and your spouse can develop these principles and start to repair some of those things that have gone on in the past and not, not have those mistakes happen again in the future. Fair enough? Mm-hmm. One thing, the last thing I'm going to clear up. This was going on last night at, at dinner, and you were 100% wrong. I don't want to tell you why. Hit or miss is different than swing and a miss. They are distinctly different terms. I know. I said hit or miss for Kirsten because sometimes she gets it and, and some, sometimes yeah. she doesn't. Okay. So what's a swing and a miss then? You tried, but you didn't get it. Okay, good. Because last night you weren't feeling that. Or maybe you were saying one thing and you meant another. No, everybody at the table was arguing with me that the only saying was swing and a miss. Uh-huh. Hit and a miss is not, or hit or miss is not a, a thing is what the girls were telling me. And it's like, no, they are both a thing. They mean two separate things, but we have stubborn children who have my blood. So they were not willing to concede that. There well, are two separate sayings. As I've already had to do one time, I will reverse course on this again and say that you were right if that was the, the extent of the discussion and they are absolutely wrong. I so, was arguing with pig-headed children. Pig-headed right. children. Okay. Well, that worked out. They're half me. They have to be somewhat pig-headed. Well. <laughs> the blockhead side is yours. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to talk about the other side of the animal myself when it comes to me and that Moran blood. Because we're thick-headed, but we're also big horses patoots. I as was well. thinking that, but you know. yeah. Well, there you go. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. That is this particular episode of Rules of Engagement. I would love to expand on this and help you develop this with your spouse, so that you guys can communicate. It's not about arguing; it's about communicating, so that you can enhance, improve, um, and really build your relationship. Big deal, baby. It's a big deal. For Jeannie Moran, I'm Quincy Moran, and this is Man vs. Marriage. I don't know why I did it that way, but I liked it.